Welcome, friends. We are so excited this week to be chatting with Sarah Bailey. Welcome, Sarah. Hi. Um, now, a little bit about Sarah, in case you don't already know, but she loves to write dark reverse harem contemporary romance. You've got erotic, you've done paranormal romances, basically anything steamy. Um, and you love a good antihero. And I mean, look, you definitely deliver with the Four Horsemen series. Cannot <laughs> I mean, I go wrong there. <laughs> um, and so, from your bio, we've got antiheroes, alpha males, and flawed characters with a little bit of darkness lurking within. Now, a little, yeah. <laughs> I think we've delivered on the darkness a little bit more than a little bit this time. <laughs> we've gone higher we've raised the bar on that um, in this yeah. um and i do like your nickname the queen of steam <laughs> yes <laughs> and i must say like yeah yeah um you live up to the nickname definitely mm-hmm mm-hmm it's yeah uh, i mean We'll go into obviously um, carnage and chaos soon, but yes, definitely living up to that name. <laughs> and <can> I say, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, we're not complaining; we're there for it for sure. And you're saying that music is one of your bis- biggest inspirations, and I've seen a lot of your um, stories and whatnot referring to different songs that you're listening to whilst you're writing. So, how like important is that in do you attach certain songs to scenes that you're doing? Yeah, um, I pretty much listen to music all the time. So I'm always finding new songs and I'll usually find a song that kind of either inspires a scene or just matches the scene that I might be writing or am going to write. So a lot of the songs that you'll see in like my book playlists are directly related to the characters or a scene in the book or just a, a general vibe of the book yeah um, really we love that because we love to listen to the playlist the book playlist <laughs> because it can it does it takes you to like you can kind of pinpoint as well even if it's not specifically referred to in the scene you can it takes you back to those scenes when you like after you've read it which is awesome but it, it draws another emotion and adds an extra layer to it as well like I mean, we're the same. We listen to music like all the time. So I think that's the one thing with books that have a playlist in it. It's like straight away you favorite it and then we're listening to it. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Um, You also like to hog your husband's Xbox, I hear. Um, Yeah. Um, now, can you tell me, are you um, like one of those people that sit with the headphones on and like yelling through the headphone at the time? Uh, no 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 um I I've always actually been a gamer but um I prefer to play like uh, role-playing games so it's Uh it's less like um I don't play online with other people I just play by myself because I'm um because I enjoy doing that like yeah so that's just our husbands that do that look trust me it's a lot less infuriating because, yeah, uh, it's quite <laughs> annoying when you've got somebody sitting there with headphones on so they can't hear how loud they are and they're yelling at other people through the game. So, mm. like, I think your husband would probably be very appreciative of the fact that you don't play online. <laughs> he, he, said, he does play online but not so much and he doesn't like talking to people, So, but he will do it with his headphones on so I can't hear the, the game. That's a bonus. Otherwise it's annoying. <laughs> And look, I do have a question about where you get your time because, I mean, you've obviously rolled out this series pretty quickly, but you also um, own a uh, Twisted Tree Publications as well. So, I mean, you're pretty busy going on there. (laughs) Yeah. um, Well, I do do this full time now, thankfully. Uh, (laughs) My... my I really just started Twisted Tree to like publish my own books mostly because I was like I want to be in if I'm going to do this I want it to be kind of I don't know legit yeah absolutely (laughs) 
so and also it's a, that. <laughs> yeah a lot easier to um you know from a business perspective to have like your own company oh for sure because uh, obviously I have to run that side of it as well it's not just writing but I do spend yeah. a lot of time writing um that's what oh, I mostly but honestly like to run those sides of it like mm-hmm. um that business side of it but then also like to basically roll out four books in like what is it six months less than mm-hmm. I mean that's, yeah. that's quite a feat <laughs> I'd, everyone asks me how I do it, but I'm very much, um, I've always been very determined and I work very hard and like, um, especially with my writing, it just, because I don't plan, um, and I always say that I write like I'm the reader, I want to find out what happens next. So I'm very much like, <laughs> I need to know. So then it just pours out of me. Like, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> massive like words like story um but then like every time I get to the last book I'm always like I don't want this to end so it always takes me a lot longer to write the last book oh I can imagine it you definitely want to keep a hold of it so people can be excited (laughs) because so this is the four horsemen series carnage and chaos have been released corrode is coming out on the the 8th of October and then we have cataclysm so when is that one coming out uh, November 19th November 19th so it's a very it's a whirlwind mm-hmm. <laughs> so people don't have to worry about it not being completed because they're not going to have to wait for long um which is awesome I love that what made you decide to do a retelling of the four horsemen <laughs> um I have always loved the four horsemen as a concept and I've read a lot of retellings of them um but I've always wanted to do my own one and it was only about a year ago when these characters suddenly popped into my head and I was like oh god here we go it's a bit of creative burnout I decided to wait to write them properly and then when I did it just exploded and I was like hey, doing now we're writing well, another reverse at the moment. I mean I, we can't get enough apparently. of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like to be honest I didn't actually mean to start writing reverse harem in the place um it kind of happened by accident with my last series that I did it was first harem and then yeah this disappeared and I was like okay fine if we're gonna do the four horsemen we might as well do it reverse I mean it makes sense it makes sense (laughs) I I like the concept in that the the other four horsemen ones retellings I've read have all been paranormal so I like that this wasn't it was like oh this is interesting it's a different take on it it is yeah yeah I really wanted to do a contemporary telling. Yeah, it's we are obsessed. So as are many other people. Yes. Well, let's do a bit of an overview uh, because these are spoiler episodes. So the people that are listening have heard, so you don't have to hold back. Um, but starting obviously with um, Carnage. So we meet Scarlet um, and she. we find out that she doesn't have any memory of the last 10 years She's got adoptive parents um, who, you know, you start to get that feeling that they've been abusive towards her and they're sending her into the city on this mission as such to work for um, these four men who are known in the industry as the four horsemen for how brutal they are. Um, But they have a secret as well in that they know she's coming. They've put a plan out to actually lure her in. We don't know why initially. Um, And she's going in there to take her down and they have a similar plan on the opposite side of things. Um, So it's very interesting because, you know, they've got, um, they've both got their ulterior motives. And look, there's just a bit of a lack of communication there because, you know, (laughs) like I feel like they could have, they could have resolved some issues here at the start. They would have had a chat about things. But along with like her coming into the city, she's being given a babysitter. So Mason is, um, she brings along Mason, the bodyguard, and there's a little bit of a, you know, there's a bit of a creep factor about Mason, to be clear. Like we just don't quite know what's the geo with him. Like mm-hmm. he's there, but he's kind of like, gives off creepy vibes that he's got feelings for her but also like she's like I see him as a bigger brother but he never stepped in to help her in these instances where she said her father or her adoptive father has abused her 
And we don't know what the accident was that happened 10 years ago that caused her to lose her memory, but also her ability to have children. So that is kind of hanging over our heads for the first two books. And there's little references to it um, and, you know, what's going on there. Now, what I love is that she gets into Fortuity, which is where, which is the business that the four horsemen own. And, you know, they had this great big plan. And then all of a sudden she walks in and they're like, damn, she's hot. Okay, this has changed. Uh, <laughs> I've now got feelings uh, of the sexual kind. Um, and look, not sure whether we're going to be able to hold back here. So we may have to just readjust the plans. Um and they decide, hey, let's let's push it to her limits. Uh, but then they discover she's a virgin. Oh, I love this. Is my favorite part. <laughs> this is my favorite part, also. Well, one of my favorite parts. I like this say. is an issue. Um, this is an issue. Now, meanwhile, like here they all are having this great big. How are we going to get around the virginity issue? Now, to be clear. Uh, West is in his head thinking about the fact that she's not a virgin because they have had sex prior to her losing her memory. So she's not a virgin. So he thinks what better way to get around this than just sneak out the door, take her into the office, have sex with her, done. Problem solved. And, you know, that's the thing about West. He's a real problem solver. He's a real problem solver and he gets it done. Like he's like. no delay. No, he's like, this has to be done. I know what I have to do. I'll sort it out. Guys, no issue. And, they, and he came back and still finished the conversation. So I know. And they were still talking. <laughs> like a man of action right there. <laughs> it's just like, it's all good, guys. Don't worry about it. We just got it Care on. Care of it. Tick. Let's move on to phase the next phase of our play. <laughs> Let's move on to the next phase of, uh, you know, hey, I've got an idea. What we should do is invite it up to our apartment, drug her, and then take her into our playroom, remove all of her senses and um, have a have a group sex time with her. And I feel like, you know, if there's a way of putting people out of their comfort zone, that would probably be it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now we go back to the Queen of Steam thing, group scene, book one, uh, where she cannot hear or see anything other than the person talking into her headphones. I mean... I mean... I was like, how am I going to add a group scene? You know, to be honest, someone actually suggested to me like a while ago, they were like, oh, Sarah, what if they like stole, stole, what if someone stole her and like they, you know, had an orgy? And I was like, why did you just suggest that to me? Because now my brain is ticking over. Um, and yeah, that kind of just ended up happening. And I was like, how can I work this out? So it's not completely like to the point where people are like, this is, I mean, yes, it was very dubiously consensual, but I was like, I have to make sure that it wasn't completely over the line. And that was very difficult, but I was like, okay. But, but I did not, yeah, I did not plan on them like depriving her senses, but then Francis was like, yeah, let's do that. And I was like, okay. Well, Frankie, <laughs> you know, he's got some kinks. He's Frankie. just control. I mean, dear. I mean, very creative man. We're probably lucky that West didn't take control of that group scene because who knows what would have occurred. I mean, oh my God, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) West should definitely not have been in control of that. Look, our dark little hearts immediately were attracted to West. There is a scene with Frankie and West that I, I don't think it's, no, I don't think it's when she's. I think it's after that. It's in book two, isn't it? I think it's in I think book so. two. Yeah. Mm. Uh, <laughs> forever in my mind. It's <laughs> like forever. There's not very many scenes, Sarah, but this one is definitely in my mind. So, yeah. Mm. So we learn about their individual uh, kinks. Um, I guess Wes is just into all the fucked up shit. Uh, basically anything that could be considered fucked up. You, you know, a bit of choking, a bit of strangling, a bit of um, carving, uh, you know, anything to do with that sort of stuff. And, you know, each to their own on that regard. Uh, you know, Press, he's got a primal kink. He'd really like to chase her through the forest. Oh, uh, I've seen your TikToks mm-hmm. on that and I cannot wait. 
um, for that to occur. Uh, yep. Uh, and Hello. then you've got Drake. Now, look, Drake's a tough, a tough cookie. You know, he's only, he's a bit closed off. He's got some emotional issues, uh, but he does like to, um, he does like to spank and he does like some blood play. Um, so he's into that. He's quite into the blood play, um, which we do find out. Well, I mean, we explore a little more at the start of chaos. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, you know, good old Frankie, he likes to tie people up. So, <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a diverse range of uh, kinks. It, it's good. Yeah, I wanted them all to kind of be unique and have their own thing. You know. I think it's good because you know if you're going to have a harem, it doesn't make sense to overlap. Um, you know, we want everyone to have their strong suit so that they're each contributing to the team activities. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Yes. And I, I, you know, I think you understood the assignment there well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like I wanted more than understood the assignment. <laughs> a plus, right there. <laughs> well done. Um, but yeah, as we get further into Carnage towards the end, we start getting like a little bit more, um, of an insight into Mason. Uh, now I know that Beck was reading the scene where he just walks into the bathroom where she's getting herself off and she's like, why would he just walk into the bathroom? Knock, (laughs) Jesus, Mason, have some, have some privacy. I love that. Like out of everything in this book that concerned me that was her concern it wasn't the drugging the group scene the deprivation of senses or the you know taking of the metaphorical virginity in the office it was the knocking on the bathroom door I was like Um, who is this guy (laughs) yeah Mason's a bit of a creep I'm not gonna lie he really doesn't get any better yeah look he is and you know they were teasing each other, you know, West's, you know, got her off at the little ball that they were at while Mason was getting a bit shitty. And in the end, Mason ends up crossing the line and he does hurt her, um, which is when she um, actually goes to the four horsemen for protection. And I mean, I mean, their price for protection was pretty high, wasn't it? I yeah, mean, you yeah, know, if you want us to protect you, you're gonna have to kill someone. I mean, you're gonna have to kill, yeah, you're gonna have to, it's you're gonna have to kill Mason because we did warn you. Yeah, mm-hmm. and okay, so here he is. I mean, I mean, firstly, on the way there, <laughs> you know, there's a little bit of uh, Frankie, Pre- Frankie and Prescott. Okay, by the way, I did not mean to write that, <laughs> I was trying to end the book, and suddenly they were like, I want to add this in, and I was like, okay, fine. Yeah, look, um, <laughs> that's another one of Prez's kinks, right? He likes to watch and he was like, why not? Oh, yeah. We've that. got some time and it just doesn't make sense to sit in the car and do nothing. Exactly. So we may as well make the most of it. Um, but, yeah, they get to the warehouse and, of course, after that little scene, Scarlett's a little bit upset with Prescott because she kind mm-hmm. of, her and Press had, you know, they'd formed a bit of a bond and uh, and then she kind of felt a bit betrayed by him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we go into chaos. And, I mean, Scarlett's got a lot of unrepressed rage there. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> um, I mean, she goes cray-cray on the guy in the hood um, and they film it, you know, so they've got a bit of collateral there. But I was thinking, I don't know if it's Mason. I don't yeah, know. I was thinking that too. I said to Amanda, I'm like, I feel I like there's this set up. It's set up. Yeah. And then it wasn't. Uh, so she was kind of a little bit, oh, I don't know how to feel here because I was kind of taking my rage out on him because I was really pissed. But now that I didn't kill him, I kind of feel bad that I, Faith killed him. I wanted to. Um, yes. There's a lot of guilt uh, and really yes. using feelings on her part. But I mean, this is the part where we, you know, really get into Drake's blood play kink. And um, you know, because it's a bit of a bit of a cold fish, he was just like, get in here, 
you've got blood on you so we're gonna have sex like that's just clear well he kind of like runs it all over her too gets off on that and he's like well while we're here (laughs) while we're here may as well do this but there's just no there's like other than you know those urges those sexual urges of him he really doesn't have (laughs) he's really just not trying to build any connections here during the blood sex yeah but he's got a plan and he's like in his head he's like well she's here to take us down so he's got to look out for that so he's Mm -hmm. cut his emotion don't don't (laughs) drag down or inhabit that's exactly it (laughs) oh my god i mean look west is the same but at least he's got some emotion behind his times with scarlet i mean they might not be healthy emotions but they're definitely emotions um this is true i don't think anything about west is healthy (laughs) he he, he's passionate Hmm. he's very passionate (laughs) He's passionate about his feelings for her. Mm-hmm. Passionate, like, borderline, psychotic, obsessive, and that's great. We love a guy. Passionate and protective, Amanda. That's how we look at it. Oh, 100 percent I'm there for it. I'm there for it. Pa- passionate, passionate, protective, and still psychotic. Like, <laughs> yes. West yes. is psychotic. Like he's there is no other way about it. No. <laughs> we can't gloss over that. No. <laughs> I wrote him to be psychotic, so you know. Oh. Has a place in my heart. So we learn a little bit more about uh Scarlett's, you know, adoptive family. Her father owns a sporting team. And you're kind of like getting this sense, like, why can't they touch Mason? Because they clearly mm-hmm. have issues with possessiveness. And they're pretty pissed at him, but for some reason they can't take action. Um, But they start like overhearing little conversations that she's having with Stuart Carver. And, you know, they realize that she sounds scared of him, that maybe he's abused her. They start to get that hint. Um, And then her dad invites her to a football game, um, which Frankie goes along as, uh, you know, because Drake (laughs) believes that Frankie is going to be the most level-headed one there and he's not going to put the moves on because they kind of want to keep it under wraps that they're all with her. Mm. Um, oh, Frankie. Frankie couldn't control himself. He couldn't. He couldn't. No. Oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, and also we find out that Mason is the son of the police commissioner, so that's why they can't go after him because that would mm. probably be a little bit bad for business on their behalf. Mm. Uh, but not only does Frankie not control himself, he deliberately taunts Stuart Carver and Mason and his father. So, look, Drake wasn't very pleased. <laughs> Drake was not pleased. But Scarlett does get, you know, a little mission that she has to try and download information for Stuart. And we still don't know why. All we know is that he's saying that the four horsemen have done something she doesn't know whether they have or not, but she knows that she's meant to be going there to get evidence about this event. So we really want to find out what's going on there. Yes. Um, but anyway, all that stuff happens. I mean, Wes decides that what he might do um, in this <laughs> break is he might just cut with a knife into our scarlet the word war because that is his uh for his disqualification of the four horsemen yeah. uh and so you know he does do that he carves that into her chest again prove he's just, okay so this is what it comes back to yeah he he's like well she needs to know she's mine because she's carved a place in my heart hypothetically <laughs> i'm gonna carve myself physically into her body and he does that mm-hmm. uh, and then I do like the fact that he really does have attention to detail so he's like look nobody else can actually tend to this wound except for me because I have to re-scab it over and over so it actually stays um, so he's really making sure yeah. that it cannot heal uh, we want the worst possible scar there because it needs to stay um, it's dedication I mean, you know, it's that's that's what you have to do with scarification 
this is the thing. Um, you know, it would be so silly if he did a half-assed job. So it silly. Would. Very much so. It, it, yeah, you know, I He agree. wants it to be permanent. Exactly. <laughs> and because they are permanent. This is the thing. Uh, yeah, they're destined and he wants everyone to know because it's visible to everybody as well. So, yeah. Very yeah. much so, yeah. And there's a couple of things like Scarlett starts having memories of the of the guys or younger versions of them, but she doesn't know whether she can trust that. She starts calling Francis Frankie. So he's like, oh, maybe she's having memories about me. Um, and then, you know, like they decide to use her stubbornness against her um, and trick her into <laughs> taking ecstasy by telling her that she can't have it so or she's you know it's not good for her until she basically is like well yes I can you can't stop me uh and then yeah oh this is where my favorite scene is this is where your scene came (laughs) it now let me just say she she's like oh my god that scene uh West help a brother out I'm like what, what did Wes do? I can't recall. And then, so she described it to me in detail over Snapchat while her husband was sitting next to her. She's like, yeah, so like she was tied up against the wall. Frankie was fucking her. And then Wes was like, do you want to get off? And then he put his face in front of her and then he was sucking on her clit. And all I could hear in the background was her husband going, oh, oh. <laughs> and at the end, he's like, I think I need a cigarette after <laughs> what I just said there was a very brief discussion but she Mm. her her description of it did go over several snapchats that was quite detailed well you you asked the question I wanted to make it clear to you what I was talking about look I appreciated the detail um (laughs) yes uh I think Scarlett appreciated it too just saying she did she she did I mean she's a lucky girl yeah and you know, he. Where's, I think that just shows you again, like how. What's the word I'm looking for here? Committed. Um. No, like helpful. West is as well. He's like very he's helpful. willing to help the group out, and yeah, mm-hmm. he is very yeah, helpful. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He's always there to help. He's there to help. Like he was mid joint too, I think, and he's like, "Hang on a sec." I think that, I don't know why that was so hot. But that part. Was hot. <laughs> like, hang on do you do you want to do you want to come scarlet okay then one sec got you babe i gotcha i gotcha and i mean yeah it's dedication mm. yeah, but for the all they appear <laughs> absolutely for all they appear to be quite you know like godlike Mm-hmm. Drake can't sleep, you know. It just kind of really brings him back down to earth, to his human status. He can't sleep and he's sneaking off. And the reason why he kind of ends up catching Scarlet with this thumb drive, even though she doesn't actually end up, she can't go through with it, she can't copy information from their computer, um, is because he's up in this sanctuary that he has on the roof where he plays music and he plays this like really haunting piece for Scarlet and she thinks it's just so devastating when what she doesn't realize it's actually about her and that that part I think is when you finally start seeing like a little bit of humanity returning to Drake as well because (laughs) yeah he kept himself so closed off I loved that scene that was one of my favorite scenes to write for the book so I was like finally Drake actually showing that he's a normal human being (laughs) I know it was beautiful and it was very descriptive as well. So you could kind of just the whole atmosphere you could feel while you were reading it. So I did yeah, love that. Yeah, I really loved that scene. Then the whole time I'm like, she has the thumb drive in her pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, what does he go and do? Yeah. Why does he have to strip her off? But also I'm glad because I did want in, I did want them to find it. I was like, oh, she's going to be punished. (laughs) (laughs) We also find out that they've got a secret war room with all these memories of her, like, creepy photos just stuck up all over the wall. Um, And they're like, okay, fine. I guess we should probably tell her 
that we know her uh you know that we were best friends and we've got this whole 16 year history uh I guess we should do that but West being West he's like you know what this is when I'm going to put my plan in action uh it's no time like the present let's um go on a date and what I'm going to do is, you know, the best thing I could do is to take her back to the scene that she had her horrific accident where she lost all her memories um, and, you know, see if that sparks anything. Force her to relive it. <laughs> or, you know, do that. And then, you know, um, she's like, kiss me. And he's like, well, I can't kiss you because you don't remember me. So what I might do is dangle you off a building at three-story high <laughs> see if that refreshes your memory. And I mean, that is where we are left at the end yes. of this. Oh, I know. Do you remember? I was I like, don't. this is the worst cliffhanger. Like, I don't know. That is where we are left. Literally hanging over the cliff. <laughs> Literally hanging. And does she remember? <laughs> I mean, what can I say? It's worse. Um, I, I knew that that cliffhanger was... I even decided that cliffhanger before I decided book one. <laughs> I love that. Because I was like, okay, there has to be a certain point where we're going to have to find out what happened. So we might as well, you know. We've got to, you know, something brutal needs to break these memories open. Mm -hmm. And the thing is with that one, like I very much had this image of Wes doing that. And I was like, okay, that's because I've, I'll be honest, I've always known what the accident was and I always knew what they did, like, from yeah. the beginning. It's just the rest of the stuff in the story that I've kind of written as I went. I had their backstories and that's about it when I started writing this series. Because <laughs> I had to know. <laughs> that's the one thing I had to know is what happened. Oh, Otherwise, for sure. Yeah. And, and just to be clear, guys, you're only waiting until the 8th of October. Don't stress. You'll find yeah. out some answers soon. We are 25% into Corrode and it's freaking awesome. So just it's worth the wait. Uh, but coming to the end of Chaos, uh, Beck just decided to write down the, the questions that we had. Did you want to read those out, Beck? Mm, these are the questions that we had at the end of Chaos and I'm sure everyone else will have them. Um, what was the accident? No, we can assume, mm -hmm. but we still don't know. Um, mind out. <laughs> uh, how was West and Frankie responsible for the accident? So through the two books, you like they they kind of are blaming each other and holding each other responsible for certain aspects. So the whole time you're like, shit, did they yeah. actually do something to her? What happened? Yeah. Mm. Um, who are the Carvers and why did they take Scarlet? Who are they? <laughs> Ooh. Oh, I mean, anytime, Sarah, you want to chime in and just give some exclusives. She's like, I'm not giving away no spoilers. You've got, you've got like, it's coming out on the 8th. All right. Just be patient, people. Um, um. <laughs> who's Mason and how is he connected to the accident? So, because there's a part, and I think it might be in chaos where they, they say, well, she's not going to be happy with him when, when she finds out what he did. But um, yeah, that might not be related to the accident. Well, it might not be. It might be related to something else, but oh. I can't say. Spoiler, guys. Yeah, I can't say. <laughs> some of that stuff might be related to something you may not find even find out in Corrode. So she's gonna keep just saying. That's, Look, that's, got this, that's stuff, the secrets. Yeah. all over the place <laughs> oh, i can imagine I i'm can... not finished with my questions um it's okay. fine what secrets are the horsemen keeping from scarlet so i mean we know now because we have yes but that was a question <laughs> i was left with and will scarlet ever remember them is what you're left with at the end so that's all in capitals by the way we that's all in that capitals will scarlet i can imagine not very strongly about it <laughs> um but yeah thankfully you do not have to wait very long for for that finding some of those answers out in corrode and mm -hmm. yes so 27 percent in my mind has already been blown i can only imagine what else i'm in store <laughs> for so guys I you will freaking love it 
think um, pull an all nighter tonight. I already know. I know. I'm I know. A bit, I'm a bit addicted. Um, how hard do you find it writing dark scenes? The funny thing is, is I don't find it that difficult. <laughs> Look, uh, I think I don't think we would either because we don't find um, it hard reading them. I find the emotional scenes really hard to read. <laughs> yeah, the emotional scenes are the ones that I find the harder to write because I'm having to channel this like angst and stuff into the book, and those are always way harder for me to get into. Um, like murder and stuff is actually quite easy to write because it's just a bit of gore you know but like when when it's like a revelation like say in a in which one chaos when Prescott tells Scarlett she loves it he loves her I almost I was almost in tears oh my god that was like I loved that and I loved it because she says she hates him oh gosh that broke I was like no that really hurts and then it took so long for them to make up but I was like I can't just forgive him for that immediately it was a bit harsh but I did love how he was like he told Drake that he loved her and then Mm. then they were like at the apartment and um like he storms up the stairs and Frankie's like where's he going Drake just like so nonchalantly is like I assume he's going to tell that he loves her or something like and Frankie's like what the fuck okay where did this come from (laughs) I know. Like, what? Yeah. what? <laughs> like, ah, uh, I'm sorry. Did I miss something here? <laughs> I love that too. I love that. <laughs> What's going on? When did you find that out? I know. Why I'm is sorry. Scott telling you that? <laughs> I know. Yeah. The thing I loved is the most as well with their dynamic is that you sometimes like with a lot of the the reverse harems that you read, you know, there's always the They've got to try and find their way to share, but these these guys were like, "Oh no, we share everything." That's, that's our thing already. It's already a start. That's already decided. So there's none of that. It's just everything. It's just assumed <laughs> at that point. <laughs> if you date me, you also date the other three. You that- have a sharing room. <laughs> and look, I do well, find that quite convenient as well. I do too. Mm. Yeah, um, I mean. I used to get kind of frustrated with men who don't like to share. And I was like, wait, in, a, in an ideal world, we wouldn't have this issue of mm-hmm. like, I just wanted them to be very free about who they are and very secure in themselves as men. Yes. But sharing and the woman and being, you know, naked with each other and having sex with, with the same woman wasn't an issue. I, that's what I was, where I went with that. Yes. And it kind of works for them because also they've known each other since they were mm-hmm. children. So they're very comfortable with it it's not even in like a thought for scarlet either <laughs> like this is it this is occurring yeah i mean look she didn't have a lot of choice initially um no. it just occurred to her and she was like okay i do like this and i guess yeah but she just went from there okay. i mean and there was a lot i mean look she was at work a lot when a lot of uh, individual things happened, uh, especially in Press's office. Um, God, you know, so yes. it was a bit unprofessional on his behalf, uh, you know, but sometimes you just have these urges and you've got to act on them. <laughs> a little bit unprofessional. I mean, they, st- they t- invited her up to a place and drugged her. I think that we went past professionalism, actually, when Wes decided that he was going to take her virginity um also in the office yeah Yeah. I mean that probably kind of just I guess that set the scene for for the professional relationship at that point um that would work and you know great constantly like spanking her on his desk as well so there's that too yeah he's just like they're just like well it is what it is this is this is how our relationship works at work so (laughs) Uh, yeah. <laughs> now I think it's like probably just because we're a little bit um, greedy but what do you have do you have any plans on what you're going to be working on after the four horsemen yes I have two series that I'm going to be doing and one of them everyone has been like as soon as I introduced Penn 
our mm. tattooed fixer onto the scene everyone's like Sarah are you writing him a story and I was like okay well yes I am writing him a story <laughs> oh because God. he's been talking to me since even before I started writing the horseman um and that's he ended up being a bigger part of the horseman story than I intended yeah because uh, you will see a lot more of him um so he's getting his own story uh I can't really say which one of these series I'm writing this is in um I have planned to write a essentially that is a dark serial killer reverse Harlem romance um god love it that is still part of the universe but it's also partially set in Scotland which is actually where I live because yes. I've wanted to write about this for a very long time uh, where I live for a long time I've, I've been living here for two over two and a half years um so it's kind of based on where I live but it's a fictional town because I was like I don't really want anyone to kind of like think that this is a real place where serial killers occur because <laughs> there haven't <laughs> been many serial killers it in might not country. be good for tourism uh, no. just <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like I literally live in the in the mountains in the highlands so oh beautiful yeah um so there's that and I've also planned a kind of like sort of a little bit of a mafia-esque it's not completely mafia because the mafia in the UK is not the same as like other countries <laughs> um but it is related like that story is related to other uh, characters I've written before so and you may have heard I may have uh, hinted at who it is in the horseman's books but no one's worked out yet so it's okay <laughs> I will so have he, to do a reread on the weekend he arrived on the scene he arrived on the scene I, I I wrote this in my spoiler room on Facebook <laughs> I said this guy this uh I said he's a mean daddy with a spit kink and he arrived in my head and he won't shut up so, <laughs> oh my god I was like okay it's happened this is yes. occurring I mean I just must say like your head must be very interesting with all these people in there <laughs> yeah one of my friends actually uses this analogy to describe being a writer is like having your own doctor's surgery and you're the doctor and outside are all of your patients in the waiting room who are your characters and then the one who's in the, the room is the one that you're addressing oh God, and uh all the time my characters seem to like barge into the room and I mean we're like so right me mm. and other characters that are not supposed to be writing barge in they're like hey by the way this is happening and I'm like excuse me <laughs> it's not your turn but then I mean, again it's you also haven't been called by the door no. wait but it, yeah it does also help because i these stories are actually quite interconnected like all of my dark romances are based in the same universe so you can actually find hints or easter eggs in all of the oh, i love that mostly oh. apart from the first series which is my first iteration of everything but um yeah well I must <laughs> say um I'm very intrigued about all those series uh which is good because um obviously I'm going to devour um corrode and then cataclysm once it comes out and then I'll be like what's next so now I know okay all right these are the difficult questions just prepare okay what is your favorite color my favorite color my favorite color it's a toss-up between red and blue that's okay we can put both okay <laughs> do you have a favorite writing snack or drink uh well as a brit i i love tea tea it or really is, um like <laughs> this is like b page when we're speaking to her she's like tea it's <laughs> a thing I don't know what it is, but it's just tea, tea most of the time. Wow. No, I'm not a tea drinker. Snack. I actually don't snack when I'm writing a lot. You're so disciplined. I know. 
<laughs> All right. I feel like this is going to be difficult. Um, fuck, marry, kill, date, West Prescott, Francis Drake. <laughs> Isn't she mean? Okay, because I, I can tell you I would marry Francis straight away. Yeah. I'm in love with Frankie. I also Matt, Matt. I'm sorry. I would probably have to kill Drake because he drives me insane. Oh, that's okay. That's fine. Yeah. Well, you were gonna say West, and I was like, No, I would. I would fuck West. <laughs> yes. And I would date Prescott. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Good choice. Good choice. <laughs> I, I go. I yeah. I think that's great. It's yeah. Um, because there's a certain scene in Courage with West that I. Have, was thinking you, you guys have not got it yet, but I was thinking about it for days after I wrote it. So. Oh my god! Hopefully, oh, I, get so I am gonna have to do it all night. You made to don't read anymore. <laughs> it was just like I couldn't believe that I wrote that, and I was like, okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Okay, all right. I'm preparing myself. <laughs> preparing myself. Well, of course, then there's the Prescott chasing scene that you've got to look forward oh, to as well. So. Oh, no, I can't even. Even just the little teasers that you've put out on that of TikTok, I'm like, oh, okay, okay. There's, oh, like, whenever I read anything that has, actually, and to think about, the last few books we've read have had some type of chasing through the woods. <laughs> they actually have, yeah. And it utterly terrifies me, but at the same time, it's like that adrenaline. You're like, okay, yes. It's like, the primal king. <laughs> I was just gonna say you've got a you've got a primal king. You're I do. I'm recognizing now. You're the lamb. It's not the um. It's not the first time I've written a primal kink either. So you know. I am. I am the <laughs> lamb. I'm realizing that I have a thing. <laughs> I yeah. Wait till Chris listens to I this episode. So. <laughs> I'm getting chasing me Look, around. I've school. seen um I've seen a few TikToks about primal kinks as well, and also the TikTok with the guy that growls. Oh my god, yes. Have you seen it? Yeah, you've seen it. Yeah, I know. I've seen lots of men who growl on TikTok. I mean, uh, TikTok is uh really opened my eyes to lots of things. Anyway. Okay. Uh, I also have t- oh, no. I have two TikToks where I actually do growl. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I can growl. I'm, I don't know if I should do it on here, but I can. You can do it on here. That's fine. Oh, oh my God. So embarrassing. <laughs> Hold on. It's so there embarrassing, a- but I'll do it for a TikTok. <laughs> Sorry, there's, a, there's an ambulance. <laughs> I don't know whether that was an ambulance or a police car going past. <laughs> we didn't, we couldn't hear it. We didn't oh, hear it. <laughs> <laughs> it was very loud on my end. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> okay. I don't, I, I, growling's not that fun. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> <laughs> that is a, that's a, that is a talent. I can't do that. It is. Because I and it's, a, it's a king for a lot of people as well. It's this like I do my husband doesn't like me doing stuff like this, but I can do this like really deep, creepy voice, and he's he's banned it, and that's I think why I can growl as well. But I'm not gonna do that because he will get oh that he's banned it. He's like, please don't he's like it's too creepy, Sarah. Don't do that. <laughs> Thankfully, he's currently at work, so he has not heard me growling. <laughs> Exactly. He's just got no idea. That's cool. That's cool. I'm loving this. Oh, so good. Gosh. <laughs> if you could have feeling super- things. <laughs> absolutely. If you could have superpowers, what would they be? Oh my god. Uh, I probably would have. I want to read people's minds. <laughs> because I am fascinated with people's minds um, I, I have a fascination especially with like uh, serial killers yeah same yeah look like, I I do love a documentary about serial killers for sure oh yeah I mean yeah. that's how I write all of my psychos is by watching these documentaries about crazy people and learning how their mind works mm. and look I would like to read your mind sometimes and just see what's going on with those characters <laughs> 
it's a bit of a crazy place everyone tells me I'd love to be in your mind and I'm like please don't you wouldn't like it. it's scary I was obsessed with true crime like anything true crime growing up I still am like I love it um and I always wanted to be like um yeah like I don't even know what it would be like a criminal psychologist or something that goes to the cells and like you know yes. just because I'm you know dark I like that, that. <laughs> same yeah mm. definitely if you were a chair, what celebrity would you want to sit in you? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a difficult question. You can be a lounge if you have multiple. It's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Or a okay, this is going to probably reveal. I'm trying to think because um, I don't really keep up with celebrities these days. Okay. It doesn't have to be a celebrity. Just anybody. Like, who anybody. would you? Yeah. Okay. Well, the... <laughs> I actually only just started watching Peaky Blinders last night, so oh. it has to be Thomas Shelby. Yes. I, just, I only got, not last night, the night before, and I was like, I don't even find this man attractive, but no. he's a criminal. Mm. But he is <laughs> um, sexy as hell in that. And also uh, Loki as well. Oh, my gosh. I think we're the same people. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Loki. I'm obsessed with Loki. Yes. <laughs> yeah she is she sends me like things of, of him all the time actually he's dancing and um that one where he's like talks about how breakfast is his favorite meal but he says it in like a super sexy oh. way yeah I can't also forget that I'm also obsessed with the Mandalorian <laughs> oh my gosh right right he, I, when I watched that with my husband he got really annoyed at me because I was kept going on about how how good of a daddy he was to, to baby Yoda. <laughs> he was just like, shut up, Sarah. Stop and talking he, about it. He's quite a surprisingly sexy daddy too when you when he reveals like Tacey's mask. Oh my gosh, yes. Mm. He is. And that voice? Oh, oh God. that voice. He could grow good, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Mm. So yeah, it's all fictional, man, I'm afraid to say, but... <laughs> yeah yeah i'm not really into real life man they're kind of boring they really but, are um yeah i mean i can see that i can see that <laughs> i do really. love your take on this as well because yeah most people will be like oh this person but you know you go for the character and i think that's great um because yeah i see i would like to have michael murray to sit on me but only as lucas from one lucas tree from, mm. yeah they're obsessed <laughs> with that um yeah that'll just be in my mind forever so yeah yeah but I'm, I'm the same loki captain america yes 100 yeah. mm. yes well thank you so much for your time we can't wait for everybody to read corrode and cataclysm obviously um and hopefully we'll chat with you again soon yes oh, i'd love to